Hey guys, it's Tony. I'm here to talk to you about Awaken Conference. Now, Awaken is a young adult gathering in Charlotte, North Carolina from January 31st to February 2nd, 2020. And it's meant to help you recharge your spiritual life and connect with a community that you can grow your faith alongside. Now, this year's presenters include a killer lineup with Caleb Isley of Humans of Adventism and, of course, a friend of the podcast. He's been on a few episodes. Kim Cove, a licensed counselor, and Randy Ban, the creative producer at Nike World Headquarters. The keynotes will be brought by Ben Lundquist of the Rise and Lead podcast, uh, a good friend of mine and an amazing speaker. Trust me, guys, you will not want to miss out. And Absurdity will be there. So me and Becker, uh, you get, get to see us if you come out. Uh, would love to come and talk to you. We absolutely think that this is something you're going to want to come and see. Speaking of, if you enter the code Absurdity at awakennc.com, that's Absurdity, A-B-S-U-R-D-I-T-Y, at awakennc.com, you're going to get a 10% discount. We'd love to see you there. This is absolutely something that we support, and we think that Awaken is a part of the growing church movement that we want to see moving forward. Once again, if you enter code absurdity at awakennc.com, you'll get a 10% discount off the initial price. Love to see you guys there. Welcome to Absurdity, an exploration of all things absurd in religion, culture, and society, where we seek to navigate these issues and what it means to be a Christian. Don't you love that tagline? Cool. So um, I decided to update like our tagline online in the middle of all of the shifting and things I've been doing with the podcast, um, which, by the way, I want to open this up with a huge shout out to a friend of mine, uh, Sebastian Zaldivar, who apparently just discovered this podcast today uh we're recording this on the on september 25 and he discovered this today and has listened to like he's just been like binge listening to episodes since he discovered it like he's completely blown away by it so i took that as a high compliment he went on this like tagging spree on social media he texted me about it like he's super super thrilled so i'm gonna give a shout out to him because i know he'll be even more thrilled um, but it's really cool. I, I always think it's really cool when friends find this on their own and listen to it and decide they like it rather than me telling them, Hey, um, uh, or rather than me telling them, Hey, you should go listen to this. Um, I don't like doing that. So I've always made it a point to not just shove this in people's faces. Um, I talk about it cause it's a part of my life. Like I share it on social media. Like I yeah. would share me going to do something cool. Um, so yeah, cause talking to me is not up. cool. No, correct. We acknowledge that. Um, we it's acknowledge like that it's like the things in my life that are cool, but it's not. The rhythms the cool are there, thing. but it's not cool. It's not. Yeah, cool. there's there's Begs, a hints of cool. To call it cool would beg credulity. I agree. Um, it's just a bunch of hooey, really. Um, some might say that. <laughs> some might classify it in the hooey some, some. of society. So today, I uh, I found out about what we're talking about on Monday, so like two yeah. days ago. Yeah, and this hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, I don't think anything else in my time hosting Absurdity and doing podcasting work in general has hit me as hard as as this has. And I'm, it's not the topic in general, but it's the it's what brought about the, the incident. Topic. Yeah. Yeah. So a- if you've never heard of Relevant Magazine um, and you're a Christian, I, you must not be on social media at all. Um, they're There's like, a joke in there somewhere. <laughs> There's like a it's like the millennial version of Christianity today, like it's um a lot of it's life, God, and culture. I think I think it's even bigger than Christianity today. Like honestly, yeah, but it because it's also a lifestyle thing. And they're yeah, like it's 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 like. But they do. It's hard to find a parallel. Yeah, they do. They do studio performances with big artists like Hillsong has gone in. Yeah, they have podcasts, the whole nine yards. Like they're they're a a multimedia company, but they're they specialize in a lot of articles like lifestyle articles, uh, religious articles, things like that. Opinion pieces, movie reviews, and yeah, yeah, our album reviews, whole nine yards. So Relevant Magazine has been huge. It was it was founded by Cameron Strang about twenty years ago, and he is he's um, the publisher i mean he's the lead editor and and ceo and everything right he owns the company and relevance in orlando florida they were their office was like i don't know 20 minutes 15 minutes from where i lived uh where my mom lived where, and winter um, park? 
Yeah, Winter Park. Yeah. And um, basically, this has so been... I'm starting to know it now. I'm starting to flow Yeah, you're starting bit. to know. Yeah, yeah I'm impressed. Um, the, the, the next thing will be if you can get to Pom Pom without using... GPS. Oh, That'll be, don't even say it. Don't even say um, it. I Pom-pom miss it so much. Pom Pom is the greatest. I love that oh, place. It's a sandwich and tea, tea place off Bumby Avenue in in Florida, and you need to go get it. Five years. Um, five years, man. I'd take I'm tortilla sorry. flats at this point. Oh, do you mean I Tijuana think, flats? Yes. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> Tijuana <laughs> flats. Well, it was close. You knew what I meant. Yeah. And it's delicious. So, Relevant has been this huge thing in the, in, the, in the Christian scene and culture because they've done a lot of work in the area of awareness regarding social justice issues, racial justice issues, et cetera. They've done a lot of, they've interviewed a lot of people about it. They've, um, they've, they've highlighted about these things it a lot. Articles, yeah. But suddenly, last week on, I think it was Thursday, I think it was on the 18th that it was released, but Andre Henry, who uh, released an, uh, an opinion piece on medium.com, where and where he basically puts relevant on blast. So he was a former. He was. He used to be the managing editor there. He had committed to a year. He lasted six months before he quit because he couldn't do it. Um, and he is black, and he basically writes kind of this, not necessarily a tell-all, but also a tell-all about the not. It's hard to say. It's hard to say exactly how he describes this, but he's so he's saying it's not that relevant is directly racist, but it's that. Um, they're not as racially kind of not sensitive, but, um, they're not as woke as they claim to be. Let's just put it that way. Um, and a lot of this comes back to the founder, Cameron Strang. In fact, that is the only person in this article that is named, um, that is, that is actually named. Everyone else is not named, but they do talk about it being a general culture um, that, that exists within relevant. Right. And so shortly after this, the, the, the managing editor that Andre replaced, Rebecca, I think it's Rebecca Marie Joe. I, I don't know exactly. She has like a pen name and then she has her name, but I think it's yeah. Rebecca Marie Rebecca Joe. Rebecca Marie Joe. Yeah. Uh, wrote a response article basically affirming what Andre said. She saw it. She felt like she was reading her own story. Um, and so she wrote co-signing what Andre did and, and said. And so they both have some really powerful stuff that they talk about. Um, and I, and I want to jump into um, a bit about it and, and, and what this is. And the the entire theme of Andre's article is that black Christians deserve better than companies like Relevant Media Group. And so his 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 entire kind of thesis here is uh, that these that companies like this may say they're racist, but it turns out or may say that they're they're they pride themselves on social justice and 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 the good side of racial issues, but they're actually kind of just co opting these causes for their own credibility and and. Um, yeah, and fame and, and wealth and prosperity. And so it's kind of coming at the expense of black Christians and black people and just people of color in general. So I want to, so we're going to talk about a few highlight quotes from this that I think kind of summarize a bit of this. Um, and I will say Andre does less to, a, to not necessarily attack Strang, but accuse Strang and call him out than Rebecca does. Rebecca comes out swinging and we'll get to hers for sure. But I think Andre's biggest thing, the, his article is a slap in the face to me, and we'll we'll get to why. But the first quote is: This is what he says. He says, "If people like, if people like insert rich white evangelical male leader, have the final say on how to pursue racial progress, there will be little racial progress." And this was a this is a powerful quote to me because I, I struggle with this actually a little bit. Because there's been this call for white people to kind of start talking a lot more and, and be more vocal in the arena uh, for social justice and racial, and racial injustice, right? It's been saying white people use your platform, white people use your platform and use your privilege to help others and to lift others up. But now what's starting to happen is we're starting to basically create celebrity culture, but around this, and we're looking to all the white leaders now to tell us how to not be racist, and this is this is kind of what's happening, and it almost feels like it was somehow a catch twenty two for a lot of them, right? Like, don't speak up and be labeled racist for not speaking up, but now speak up, and then it looks like you're just co opting the movement. And this is something I've struggled with personally a bit, um, because I've the reason I started this podcast was to give life to uh, and give voice to some of these things and use whatever sphere of influence I have. And so this was this is something that I still struggle with a bit. Um, 
but I agree with it overall. As long as we let the majority decide what is right for the minority, the minority will never actually get justice. So this is something that is, I think, um, I think it's a really good point to bring up. So that's the first thing from this whole, yeah. from this, that, that I caught. And, and I think it's that idea of who, who questioning who decides who gets to decide, you know, how far or, or what the norm is when it comes to social justice, you know, like yeah. that, that idea of, is it the oppressed? Is it the person who's dealing with it? Or is it, you know, the businessman? Um, mm. I, I, you know, it's, but there, there, I, I'm not going to slow down on this cause there's a lot that we got to go through, but yeah, that it, it's, it's a good point that he brought up and it's one that, really it all this made me think but definitely that was one that i just like huh yeah now i, I and i think the next quote builds on this so um tony if you want to if you want to read the next yeah, quote yeah. here so <clears throat> basically says i have come to accept that many youngish white evangelical leaders with large platforms be they podcasts mega churches media org- organizations conferences or even social justice campaigns are not simply not committed are simply sorry are simply not committed to being anti-racist, but only in appearing non-racist, and they're using us as props for the show. That's their right, I guess, as these platforms are literally their businesses. Yeah. So this is... Sorry, I just... I don't... That was a tongue twister. I don't know why. Yeah, no, you're fine. I couldn't go through that. Yeah, no, you're good. I've only read the article twice, you know. The the entire point here is that they're, they're, they're... yeah. These youngish white leaders with large platforms are only interested in appearing non-racist. They're not actually committed to being anti-racist. To, to making a change, yeah. Yeah, so they're just using black people as a prop for their show. And he's like, that's the right. I mean, it's their business, but that doesn't... And, and kind of his point here is that doesn't mean we have to participate in it, right? And it right, just, yeah. it, just like it's their right because it's their business... Um, it's our right as consumers to either consume or not consume and, well, I, and, you and know, participate. And that's the, that's the, you know, the title of the article is, you know, black, black Christians deserve better. And yeah. that's kind of the theme of the whole thing is, well, we deserve better. And, w- and we need to choose to honor things that do better than this. Um, yeah. So he goes, yeah, it's their right, I guess it's their business, but we don't have to attend that. You know, we, we can get our little chicken, you know, sandwiches from somewhere else you know, Chick-fil-A, you know, we don't have to buy from there if we don't agree with what they support or whatever, you know, insert said business and, and issue that they have. And I think that really is is not yeah. the point of it, but I think that is a good point. Um, yeah. Well, and and there's a reason I'm not providing a lot of commentary between these, because yeah. like there is a big what's going to happen is I'm going to end up repeating myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot. Yeah. Um, but I, what I will say is that this is. This is very much, uh, to give you an idea of where we're headed, this is very much holding up a mirror. Um, so we'll, we'll continue. Um, the next quote that stands out from this was, uh, he says, In my experience, white evangelical organizations, including megachurches, suffer from the same unity fetish as the rest of America. They often employ centrist rhetoric about the alleged victims or uh, alleged virtues of playing the middle. Those in historically persecuted groups have no middle to speak of. There are people fighting for black freedom and those who are fighting against it. Those who are staying above the fray, and this is, this gets, this is where it gets really poignant, right? He says, those who are staying above the fray are like someone patting themselves on the back for doing nothing to stop a lynching. Um, jeez. So this, he's, he's got a point at some point it is, you are with us or against us. And, and there is this idea of kind of the, the, um, I, I forget what it's called, but where you are, you are basically complicit in a heinous act if you do nothing to stop it. Um, or you're accepting a heinous act by, by doing nothing to stop it. And that's the point. If you're against something, then be against it. If you're for something, then be for it. But don't say, I'm for this, but I'm not going to get involved, because that just means what you're allowing is the injustice to continue. And that's his point. And this was interesting to me, too. Pat themselves on the back for doing nothing to stop a lynching. Um, that's like, uh, 
that just reminds me it's not exactly the same but it reminds me of of i think it was last week when my dog ate a ton of chocolate and uh it set me into a panic she got into my backpack she literally unzipped my backpack and got to a bunch of chocolate that was in there that i had forgot was in there and i'm on the phone with poison control we get it all figured out i get her to throw up she's fine she didn't haven't she wasn't sick or anything but um like she didn't get sick and after that um and I was talking to someone who basically was was like, I want you to know that I wanted to make a joke about your dog's name. Um, my dog's name is Sugar. Um, but I didn't. And I was like, cool. Way to brag about being a decent human being. Like, right? Like, <laughs> I don't understand. Wait, what? Um, same deal. This is actually worse well, than... Like, than, like- than than my example, but it's, yeah, you're patting yourself on the back for something terrible, not something good. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think the wording there, I would have, I would say it's like patting yourself on the back for being against a black guy being lynched, like for, for, for sending a, a loudly, you know, a loudly, uh, 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 or strongly worded letter to the editor of the local newspaper after lynching. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I took out a, a strongly worded ad to say that that's, this should, this is not good. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. okay. No, but somebody, even somebody died. Like really? I don't know. Like, okay, but here's the thing. He, so as a managing editor, what he wanted to do was release an article right, a day yeah. about black history month. And he had yeah. been already doing that for other, other like, cultural celebration months right native american heritage month he had done it and so he had all this prepped and when he when he went to a meeting to to pitch this strang went oh so like why would we do this now we have what about people who aren't interested in that and basically and as the managing editor he was made he was he was brought on to make these decisions to decide what goes in and to create content, and like he was given authority, it was going to be his vision. It was going to be his everything. Well, Strang came in and basically is like, "Oh, so you're just making decisions now?" And after this meeting, Strang actually pretty much stripped him of any independent decision making ability. And um, while he allowed the post a day thing to go through, he was very um, he was very obstinate about it, like very upset about it and angry and storms out of the room. Right. And now takes away Andre's sense of agency in the position that he was hired to do. Um, so this is, it was for those who are not interested in it. That's the, that's the problem here is like, these are people who not necessarily would even take an ad out because if they take an ad out, that would be taking a side publicly. These are people that don't want the people lynching to know that they're against it. This is the this is the chronic that. case yeah. of 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 a of like a abuser getting labeled and getting reported as an, a, a as someone who is abusive, and then we all feel bad for the abuser and wonder how could the victims ruin their life? How could they ruin this leader's life? How could they ruin his life by these accusations and 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 by coming forward with this stuff? And it's like no, their life was ruined already, <laughs> um, and they ruined others. Like why are we thinking about the abuser? More than the victim and the people they hurt, and that that very much is is what he's saying here. Um, so, yeah, that's that quote, which yeah, very poignant um, and a very very uh, visual and visceral example uh, when he or I guess yeah, simile is that when you use like or as is that a sim is that a yeah, it's a simile. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That was it. a that was that was more of a metaphor, but yeah. Well, it's it's a metaphor that uses the words like or as. He said, yeah, "Are like is someone this patting." Is yeah. Ah, technically right is the best kind of right. You are um, technically right. All right, Tony, hit us with the next one. I know this one has a lot of names. You don't have to read them all. <laughs> Likewise, if they interview Jamar Tishby, Ali Henny, Ekmeni Yuan, Christina Edmondson, Michelle Higgins, propaganda, etc., 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 and more, it could be amazing. And they're positioned to get that kind of caliber of guests. But what does it mean for the same white people who are too afraid to appear too supportive of black freedom to overdo it for the, quote, people who aren't interested in that, end quote, to also use our black abundance for black credibility and profit? All right. So the context for this quote is 
um, he was talking about the fact that Relevant had announced um, that they were coming out with a podcast soon that was going to be dealing with with racial injustice and 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 social justice, and it was featuring some big guest. And he was like, "Yeah, of course that they've done a lot for justice. And if you get guests like this, then yeah, like the content's going to be good. But the point is that Relevant isn't the source of it; they're just taking the source from somewhere else." And then producing it through their stream, and what that and so what he's saying is, yeah, what does it mean for the same white people who are afraid to appear too supportive of black freedom to then also use our black abundance for brand credibility and profit? Um, so he's saying they're co-opting and and appropriating and using the black community in order to uh, establish credibility for their brand. We are anti-racist. Uh, we believe in black people. We believe in, in, in important social justice issues. That's what he's doing. Uh, that, that's what he's accusing them of doing. And the last thing he says is, is, is this that I'll bring up. He says, as long as they refuse to acknowledge this about their praxis, they'll remain an unsafe environment for black people and a collaborator in the racist status quo while giving themselves credit for being an ally. Now, before I unpack all of this, I will just give you the two instances from Rebecca's article that I want to point out where she specifically talks about Strang, Let you, lest you think that this is just fruitless attacks on him because I haven't mentioned anything specific yet. Don't worry. It's as bad as you think it is. So she, she co-signs Andre's article with her own, and she recounts an editorial meeting where Cameron suggested to feature uh so they were talking about a black christian rapper who was being basically criticized by white evangelical america yeah so cameron says oh i have an idea what if we feature a black man in a noose as a cover photo to illustrate a black christian rapper being lynched by white evangelical america and this girl reacts to this and she says i don't think that's a good idea and she's the only person of color and only woman in the room She says, listen, I'm telling you as a person of color that if I were reading this magazine, woe is not the reaction I would have. He tried to say like, yeah, imagine like you're picking it up and you see it. You're flipping through a bunch of different magazines. And you see this and you go, whoa, what's that about? And she's like, woe is not the reaction I would have. I would be deeply disturbed and alienated. We do not need to publish an image of a black man in a noose. This isn't a good idea. She's like, I didn't bring up the viral videos of black men's bodies being broken all over Twitter. I didn't bring up the fact that I believe we need more representation of black excellence, not black trauma. Um, And she didn't point out, she did not bring up how embarrassed she would be if her name was on the masthead of that of that cover, um, anything. And and when she she's like, I just hoped he would trust me. Instead, Cameron Strang grew exasperated with me. And I think we left it at having to agree to disagree. Um, and she says, it was at this time that a glaring qualification I was missing to succeed at this job became obvious. Cameron wanted a yes man, and I just revealed my lack. After another instance where she pushed back, Strang had left the meeting in great offense towards me, and the next day he talked for 20 minutes about my inappropriate behavior and proceeded to impress to me that he's traveled the world, visited war zones, and spent time with refugees. He therefore could not possibly have a worldview that qualified as privileged. Well, and this was one, this was interesting where... I can't, I don't remember the exact thing he said, but it was something where oh well that's not a you know this this wouldn't bother anybody and she goes well that's I think that's kind of a privileged worldview, and she said she said it out of instinct like a like a knee jerk and the moment she said it she realized it was going to cause a problem and to me I that's this is the one that I read that I go ah I've I've not had exactly those moments but I've had moments where I've had that light bulb like ooh where I didn't realize the privilege that I had as a, as a white yeah. cis male, you know what I mean? Where, yeah. where someone described what it was like and I didn't react to it the way he did, but, but I had that moment where I was just like, Ooh, I never thought about it that way. And, yeah. um, yeah, it, it just, that one kind of like, Oh, I could, t- I've, I've been in that situation. That's a real thing. And it just revealed to like his reaction to that saying how, well, I've traveled a bunch of different countries and I've seen a bunch of different stuff. I'm like, yeah, that, that doesn't mean anything. If you travel and stay in a hotel, you don't understand how those people live. Like I've traveled yeah. before and I've seen how Guatemalans, for instance, live, but I was staying in a resort. It was off season, but I was taking a resort. So yeah. I don't say like, oh, well, I know, you know, Guatemala. Like I lived in Kauai for a year. I lived in a place 
basically with with no electricity. It was brown electricity. Um, the water was clean, but it wasn't the highest pressure. Basically, no hot water in the mornings. It was still great compared to some people who were living in Hawaii, in the United States. Yeah. And and I remember thinking like, oh, I could I could totally see after spending a year in this, just how lucky I am, you know, to to even have those things. I had a you know I had to walk them out to a a washing machine, and I had a washing machine. I was grateful for that, and it just to me it reveals again just that that kind of intentional unawareness. I don't want to say ignorance, but intentional unawareness. Yeah, that, that was permeating and anyway so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so strang does respond to this as does relevant they both respond separately cameron strang has agreed to take a sabbatical leave of absence whatever um and relevant has promised to be transparent about the process that he's going through in order to get therapy and basically he's spent time he says he spent time listening to people and hearing these stories of these former editors and whatever um to which and i'll get him back to that in a second but here's here's why this was a kick in the face to me as i read this when I started Absurdity, I started it very much because I knew I already had a platform and I wanted to use it in order to bring attention to some of this stuff and try and navigate some of this stuff from whatever in whatever way I could. I wanted to give I wanted to amplify voices, I wanted to do more in these areas. Um the problem, a hundred and now this is a hundred episode one oh seven, right? The problem now that when I read this, this hit me like a ton of bricks and I had not realized it until I read this article. And if I don't talk about this, I feel like I'm just being disingenuous. So there's a bit of confessing here. Um, The problem that I discovered is that after 107 episodes, the only time that I've had a person of color, a minority person, you know, whatever title you want to put in there on this podcast is to only talk about their opinions and perspectives and information regarding that issue. And while I meant, I never thought about it intentionally. I never thought like, Oh, I only care about their opinions in this arena, but this is what it comes. This is what it appears as, right? It appears as cool. I'll bring on a white guy to talk about any other topic, but the only time I want a black person is when I talk about a black issue. And the only time I want a woman is when I talk about a when I want to talk about a woman issue. And in fact, the reason that we haven't talked about Me Too yet is because I haven't had a woman that has been willing to. to I haven't found a woman who's been willing to talk about it yet um, on on the show. But this is like that's what I realized. I realized unintentionally I've played into this exact thing, and without meaning to. And I'm trying to. It's not just that I had a platform; it's that I've built a platform also and so what ends up happening is me as me as the as the white guy basically um profits off of basically talking about these issues and that's not right basically um and so i'm i'm trying to brainstorm ways that i can correct this um and and so if if there are any listeners out there who've maybe maybe noticed this and have been waiting for me to notice it, um, reach out to me, please, using the contact info in the show notes, because I'm curious to know. And this is the first time Tony's hearing me talk about this at all. Um, but like, I want to figure out how we do this better and how we do this right, because I still very much believe in absurdity doing what it does um, and giving voice and, and amplifying voices and using a platform to, to do something good. But I also want to make sure I do that in a way that, that matters because here's, here's the crux of what he says. Um, at the end of Andre's article, he says, um, at the end of his article, this is literally what he closes with. He says, all of this is to say, uh, is not necessarily to call out relevant, but it's to ask black people this question. Why should we continue to enter these spaces where, as one of my brilliant friends has said, we are invited, but not welcomed? And that's been, I think that that is a great summation or, you know, summary of, of the problem. He's saying, look, it's not that these people have malintent towards black people or people of color. The problem is that they haven't been doing things appropriately in the right way in order to solve the problems they talk about. And so what it ends up being is now you're just co-opting and using black abundance or black struggle for or just minority struggle in general for your own, um, you know, for your own brand credibility and gain. And the last thing I want to do is be the guy that just brags like, yeah, I have black people on to talk about black issues all the time. 
because here's here's the reality is every single person um matters more than their opinion on one topic and while yes i always seek to have the right person on the show for the right topic um sometimes my guest decisions have been a matter of convenience more so than anything else um, when you speak at events where there's mostly white people and you realize like, oh, there's someone that I've, I've wanted to have on for a while and they happen to be at the same event. Um, you bring them on. And I am glad that in some areas I've done more than, than just that. Uh, like I, I, you know, I have, I'm glad that we haven't fully gone down that, that road, right? I brought on abuse professionals to talk about, um, abuse, like professionals related to, you know, abuse treatment and, and, and awareness and ending it. Um, and coaching churches and leaders. That was Sarah McDougall and, and Jennifer Jill Schwarzer. But in general, I know that I need to do a better job in making sure that this show is doing what I intended it to do. And so I thank Andre for writing this article because when I wrote it, my heart just sank as I realized that I was basically looking into a mirror. Um, without, And I had never wanted to. I'd never tried to do that. It was never my intent. Um, and this is part of why um, we're doing something with um, where, you know, 25% of our, our proceeds, any money given to absurdity into through October 31, um, is going toward, um, the national alliance to end sexual violence, um, is because I want to do more. And so I know there are people who listen to this, who are in that space. And if there's any ideas you have, please send them my way because I want to do this better. And I want to make sure we do this right. We're a hundred episodes in, we need to do it right. We're over 100 episodes in. We need to do this right. So um, that's my piece on that. And Tony, this is the first time you've heard me say any of that. Um, so I have no idea what your reaction to any of that is. Um, but that's where I'm... That I, I, I don't feel like I've made those the very voices I say I value feel welcome here in the same way that they should be. So that's, that's kind of where I sit at the moment. Tony's like, I, I agree completely. You're a terrible human being, Ryan. <laughs> um, y- yes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I saw it from a different angle. I think I read that and I saw it from a, a very different side. Um, but I mean, the reality is you always want to try to do it better. And, and, you know, we talked about this last week with all you, me too, you know, if there's anything that we can do uh, to make the women in our lives um, and that we interact with feel more comfortable, you know, we want to do that better. We want to do it with uh, the, those those who feel oppressed from whatever um, background of life you come from. You know, we don't want to make you feel like you're not a part of the game, like you're just a, a prop. Nobody should mm-hmm. feel that way. Um, I think that that's one of the the main biblical concepts that we tend to lose over time is that every every human has value. I saw a great sign the other day on Reddit. Someone had written out, um, you know, she's someone's, and it had, you know, daughter, sister, uh, uh, you know, wife, girlfriend, whatever, and it had crossed it all out, and it had crossed out the S, the apostrophe S, and it said, she's someone. And it goes, the, this matters because she exists. And mm-hmm. I love that. And I go, yeah, the, it's, it's not important that she, you know, or, or that individual is attached to something. Um, obviously, you want to find a connection. If that's how somebody makes um, a connection and, has, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, this, uh, it makes you realize it's wrong. But it's not wrong because that individual is someone's X, Y, Z. It's wrong because that person is. Um, and, and I think that that's something that I've always valued, um, but you can always do better. And you can't do that unless you ask. And it's not going to do better unless we ask questions. Can we yeah. do this better? And I think from the beginning, I've said that on this, you know, we can do better. I wouldn't be on here. I, I Honestly, I wouldn't be a part of Christianity as an organization, especially in a professional <laughs> aspect, but definitely in a time and energy aspect. Um if I didn't think it could do better, if I think it it had reached its peak and it was just yeah. maintaining, 
Um, whether that's the Adventist Church, whether it's Christianity as a whole, I don't think I would spend much time there because I think there are several other things. But I, I think we can do better. I think we can do so yeah. much better. And, and because well, I, of that, you know, I, I'd support, you know, that that idea that we can do better, that that we want to make people feel welcomed. Yeah, I um, I think in some ways this is very much a part of what I set out to do, like us learning this lesson here, or at least me learning this lesson and me telling you that I've learned this lesson, and I'm sure you've learned it as well, but or you, you can at least see my point of view here. Um, uh, but I think that's very, been very much a part of this, right? I've always said, I'm going to try and navigate this stuff. I have no idea if I end up at the right place at the end, right? Like, I, I don't know where I'm going, but I just want to be the person who's at least brave enough to try and figure it right, out and yeah. get us a starting point. No, for sure. And that's what's happening is I've been trying to navigate this stuff. And now I realize like, oh, right. Oh, I've yeah. been off course and this kind of knocked me this this knocked me back on course. Um, you know, for the last several years I've I've prided myself on being able to be kind of like a bridge between different camps and religion, you know, traditional versus liberal or progressive whatever. Like I've always been able to I pastored two very conservative churches, now I lay pastor in a super um contemporary church. And and progressive church and and I and both camps would would say like, "Oh yeah, you like I was like a chameleon basically." And I could easily talk with and work with and kind of build a bridge between those two camps in a way that few others around me could do. Um, but um, the problem is I, I speak openly about stuff and it's usually clear where I stand like externally, but there are times that I didn't speak up since even host, since even running this podcast. Um, and last week in, in the OU Me Too episode, I said something along the lines of, uh, regarding Title IX, I was like, if this is, if, if, um, if this is too much of a headache for you to actually deal with, if, se- if the sexual assault and, and dealing with Title IX stuff as a school administrator or whatever is too much for you to deal with and just too much of a headache, um, then imagine how the, the victims of actual sexual assault and abuse feel. Like, it's a poor use of leadership for you to just go, ah, it's too inconvenient for me to want to deal with, Right. But when I was pastoring, I pastored in churches where they, you know, these small towns where people, had, where a lot of my members had never left those small towns or not, or at least left for very short periods of time, but had always lived there in their 60s. And um, like they would use antiquated racial terms to refer to minorities. And there were times where it happened. And um, there were times where it happened in like a Sabbath school or, you know, you know, in church um, or a potluck or whatever. And I would hear it and I would think like that was not OK. And then I would think, ah, oh, but I really don't want to turn the whole room against me as I try to educate them. Like, ah, oh, it's just too much of a hassle right now or I'm going to derail things too much or, or whatever. And there, so there are there are times where even on this podcast where I talk about speaking up and the importance of getting over the headaches and just and dealing with what you need to deal with. And yet I myself, like this, this was very much a mirror for me. And um, I didn't advocate for what I actually believe for fear of offending the people participating in offensive behavior. And I just decided it wasn't worth the habit, the, the hassle. And so I think now the biggest lesson for me out of all of this is that I need to stop caring so much about being a bridge necessarily. I think I still need to be intentional about that. But ultimately, I need to really just stop not or stop basing my actions by how it will affect the 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 perpetrator rather than the victim in, in my own personal life on this podcast. That's easy to do. There's it's low stakes, but in real life, when those, those moments come when you're not expecting them and it's going to take extra energy when you're exhausted and it's going to take um, extra motivation when you have none. And it's going to cause a headache beyond that one moment. um, Like that's where I need to step up. And this was, this was just a slap in the face to me big time. This is, the, this is honestly the biggest slap in the face I've had since starting this. And I value the conversations we've had. I value every episode we've had. Granted, not all of them sound great, but that's, for, that's different. Um, I can't even listen to episode two. I listened to five seconds of episode two. I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah, the early, um, ones, the early ones with my mic are like, Eesh. Yeah, so, but I, um, I do want to do better. And so what that means for us moving forward, um, I'm not entirely sure what that looks like. And we're open to suggestions so help us do this better is what i'm saying um because otherwise if we just sit here and brainstorm and come up with it ourselves um then we're just perpetuating the exact same problem it's us as two even though both of us have minority in us for all intents and purposes we're white visually and from a privileged perspective um when we talk with with people 
Yeah. And that's the um, first. I always go by what the first impression when someone looks at me, what their first yep. impression is. Correct. And, and it's so oddly either white, Jewish or Seth Rogen. So, yep. Or all three. Yeah. Um, so At the same time. And, that, and that's my point. Like, it's just two white guys coming up with the problems for to and, and figuring out how to do this. And that's like, that's antithetical to everything I just said. So I want to do this better. And so there's a call for help for that. Now, one cool thing that happened out of all of this was Andre Henry, the, the original author, hosted a Zoom call on Monday afternoon at four o'clock or one o'clock East, uh, Pacific time. Explain what a Zoom call is for some people who might not know. So, yeah. So, Zoom is a video a video conference like uh, application or software. And so, you can download it. You can send people a link and they can join your Zoom call. It's kind of like Google Hangouts, but it's a downloadable program. Like, like um, or Skype large, or whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, and it's meant for big meetings. Um, now, Zoom has a limit of 100. This story went viral. Somehow, I managed to be one of like the first 20 people in the Zoom call. But it filled up. And Andre was, he's like, I don't have a script. I don't have notes. I'm just here to talk, basically. And he gave some people the opportunity to share. I shared as well, like what we were hoping to see come out of all of this mess. He discussed Strang's comments and response. And something that's interesting to me that he pointed out about Strang's response was he said, um, he's being misleading and that some of Strang's comments make it seem like this is the first time he's hearing about this stuff when he's like, no, people have been telling him for years that his racist attitudes um, have been a problem. But he says, I genuinely hope this will be one of those times where things will change and it will be an enduring change. Um, and he says in restorative justice, the first step is that the people who have, who have harmed someone should listen with mediation to those that they harmed. And it's, and by Strang's comments, it sounded like he had started listening to people actually this time, but he's saying, eh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Um, he's trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. He's not sure. But the one thing there, there was two big things that stood out to me, um, here, in this conversation first was this idea of the upside down triangle and a power structure and how we typically think of a power structure being a pyramid when a power structure is actually a upside down triangle with pillars of support holding up the the pyramid and he's he's basically like to 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 remove someone in power or to topple a system all you have to do is remove the pillars of support finances whatever so he's like so basically when all this came out about relevant a ton of people unsubscribed and removed their endorsements and everything. Canceled guest appearances, all that good stuff, right? That's removing a pillar of support. I was going to say, when I read that, I like I immediately unfollowed them. Exactly. Twitter Same deal. I was yeah. like, all right, well, then um, I'm <laughs> I, yeah. I guess I'm reading other articles now. And and Andre's point in, the, in bringing that up was he's like, I'm not trying to destroy Relevant. Right. And I don't right. think he is. But you got to let him know, destroy like, this is not a okay. culture. Exactly. He's trying to... This is to, not okay. To... Um, to tear down a culture of um, of of racist attitudes and, and, and toxic behavior, and he points out he says um, he says when when we talk about ruining like people are like why are you ruining Strang's life and I brought this up earlier right why are you ruining the life of the abuser by coming forward and this is what I love he goes the, this was completely off the cuff in this Zoom call and this was the most powerful this is one of the most powerful things I've ever heard I loved it. He said, why do we assume that God's best for someone is that they hold absolute power over others? If we see that someone is hurting others routinely, we have to ask ourselves why we think their life is not already ruined. Abusive behavior is not God's best for that person. So if anything, he's basically saying by bringing this to light, we're helping, we're actually helping the abuser and this is this is this is a Christian idea, right? By facing the consequences of your actions, you can seek repentance and healing, and actually become the person that God was supposed to that that God wanted you to be all along. By facing the consequences, and so that's what he that's what he pulls out, and that's um, that was huge to me. I loved that. Um, so I was really thankful to Andre for this call. I missed the end of it because I had students come in that I had to meet with. I was at work and I just kind of like sat in an office and listened to this call, but it lasted over an hour. Um, and it was really cool. Um, it was really cool to just talk with him and hear his thoughts here. I got to share a little bit as well on the call. Um, I was just very grateful for that. And so I have no idea if he'll ever listen to this, but Andre, I am very grateful for you. Um, Rebecca, you as well for co-signing this and for bringing more to light as well. Um, you know, two or three witnesses, right? So, um, and what's crazy is all the stuff they talk about were in meetings. So other people were present. <laughs> 
Um, other people were definitely present and can co-sign any of those should they desire to. Um, but yeah, this whole thing is wild to me. Um, absolutely wild. And I'm glad it's come to light. It's kind of just rocked my whole week, but it's really, really cool. But here's, here's my question. And uh, Tony, I want to hear your thoughts on this. One of the responses that Strang gave to Rebecca was he's gone out and to worked with refugees and all this, which she also in her article pointed out that that was a weird way to say you're not racist. Um, but um, the question is, can you ever self-advocate an, anti, an anti-racist position? In other words, is there any proper way to say I'm not a racist when someone confronts you for being one or accuses you of being one? Because the, like, the typical way that people do it, right, is... I, oh yeah, I'm not racist. I have a black friend or I'm married to a black person. Yeah. Right. So is there ever, is there a way to say I'm not racist other than just saying I'm not racist that, uh, you know, is there any way to point to evidence that you aren't or is the best way to not? uh, So I have two responses for that. So the first is my natural italian puerto rican inclination to debate um and so let's say that's in a legal courtroom i would say well point me to the evidence what are you basing this on are you basing this on your feelings are you basing this on what i've said look at my track record show me show me show me where i've been racist because if it and then and then the other thing i would do if I were in a debate about this, is I would break down what racism, racism and prejudice actually are. And I go, now, you can argue I'm prejudiced, you can argue I'm privileged, but you can't say that I'm racist because X, Y, Z. This is what racism means. This is what it is. This is I've, I have not exhibited this type of behavior. You can feel that I have, but that's your personal prejudice against me. Yeah. That's the debate. That's if you want to win. The Christian <laughs> response would be, "How work with me? I want. I want clearly. You are angry about something. Even if this isn't me, I want to learn from this. I want to bring healing in this. So why why would you say this? What's going on? I would. You know that would be my response to that. Um, because if you're not being racist now here's the thing because here's the thing this is assuming that i'm not racist if i do say something that is ignorant i want to learn from it yeah absolutely and so either one of those answers is going to bring up they're either going to present correct evidence i'm going to be like i see where you're at i will concede your point or i'm going to say i'm so sorry that that hurt you let me know where let, let me explain where i was coming from and i will no longer do this because i don't want to hurt you um yeah the other thing that, and this is when I first read the article, um, later on when I was reading through uh, with Rebecca's and whatever, I go, okay, okay, this is, this is more. But just from Andre's article, I, you know, it, it, it kind of bothered me where he came from because it kind of felt along the lines of the question that I always had was, well, what's enough? Like, do I have to throw myself in front of a a Black Lives Matter, you know, movement? Do I have to get a photo? You know, what's enough for Andre Henry for for him to feel that any any person who's in charge? Now, granted, I'm not saying that that Cameron Strings a horrible person. I'm not defending anything that he did, particularly after reading the article again. And and but that was my first instinct was, well, apparently they're not using offensive language. They are bringing black artists on. You know what I mean? Like. What, what yeah, seems it, to be it seems the like a catch twenty two. It's, like, it's like okay, so don't go back where it's only black people. You know, they have your own black Christian magazine. Um, so that was my thing. Was like, well, where's you know, where's the line? But after reading it again, a it was like, oh, okay, th- it, it, it it was a particular thing because I I missed the part where he says that he had already been doing other types of stuff, right? Like. Yeah. Uh, autism awareness and all this different stuff. I missed that. I didn't read that the first time. So I was like, ah, okay. This is a very specific thing that, that this guy had. And the other thing that I read from that was 
especially going back over it, was, oh, he's not saying that what Relevant was doing wasn't enough. He's saying they could have gone better, but their actions are what made it wrong. Yes. So Well, and even even so, what would have been... Well, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, And that's the thing, is like, they could have been headed in the right direction, but they chose to go the wrong direction, if that makes any sense. And that's his point. There yeah. is no middle ground. There is no neutral. And one of the things he said, you know, hey, we're, we're trying not to be political. We're trying to be above the fray. I don't know if Andre or, or Rebecca uh, Andre wrote that, that one out. Andre said that one. And it's like, yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, I, I get not wanting to seem partisan. That's a different story. But I've come out as very anti-Trump. I have no problem with my conservative religious friends. I have no problem with uh, my friends who are Republican. I disagree with them politically, and I have issues with certain policies, but I don't have a problem with them. But when someone comes up and it's like, well, you can't even be a Trump supporter, and I was like, oh, that's a different story. And I actually and I actually told them, I confronted them and said, I'm Hispanic. Uh, I'm Latinx. What he has said specifically has attacked my people. So by supporting him, you hate me. No, I don't. I go, no, no, no. By saying I support him, just know. You're, you're endorsing you are, that. You are endorsing hatred of my people. Well, he's saying the people do it. And he goes, no. he. And I went through and I said, look, you don't understand. It's not enough to say, well, I'm Repu-. I go, you are endorsing someone who hates my people. Um, and I go, so that it's a different story. If you say, well, I vote on the right, that is correct. We should, you know, you can disagree with somebody where they come from and you can go back. Now I have my own political, uh, feelings about the whole situation, but I, you can, you can at least say, you know what? Partisanship. I understand that. I understand wanting to be above partisanship and, and, you know, playing to one party or the other. I cannot ever, you can never uh, be above the fray when it comes to human rights and Christianity. Yeah. Um, so I totally see where he comes from, from that. And so to me, that would be the answer is how do I, how do I get better? Like I said, my debate, like I would win. If someone were to just come up and say, you're racist, I would win that because I'm a good arguer. I come from a people, we, we're professional if, if arguers it, yeah, in my family. Debate. If it's like a debate situation and they go, well, you're clearly a racist. And I would go, all right, define clearly, define racist. The onus is on you. You can't just make an empty statement like that. But if this was a, a, you know, I was in a, a in a class today, and someone had a breakdown over a seemingly minor issue, and immediately I recognized this has nothing to do with the subject we're talking about. And sure enough, it came out yep. two, three minutes down the road into this breakdown that they had been to multiple churches, and and um, you know, they'd been you know rejected from from various leadership positions for not for for anything they had done, and they were just very frustrated about certain things and blah 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 blah. And, and I, but I immediately recognized, I'm like, mm, that sounds per like this sounds the, 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 what we're talking about is not the issue here. This is deeper than just what's happening. And, and to me, that's always what you want. You want to bring healing in that situation. Go, if I offended you, please let me know. Yeah. Because the sometimes, when someone says, when someone yeah. says you're a racist, they're not trying to prove you are one. They're saying it because you've done something harmful. Usually. Or, or they're trying to, or they're, they're, and I say this in all Christian love, they're idiots and don't know what they're talking about. But anything to them that doesn't agree with what they're saying, oh, you're homophobic. Oh, you're racist. Oh, you're the. No, I'm not. And here's why. And there's a great Key and Peel article about that, uh, a sketch about that, where this one guy is in his, you know, the office and he's uh, uh, very openly flamboyant homosexual. And this one guy's like, hey, can you, can you not have, you know, the genital yeah. paraphernalia and all this? And he's like, oh, and it's this whole thing and then at the end the guy goes i'd like you to meet my husband gregory and the guy goes oh i'm not persecuted i'm just a jerk and i'm censoring but but that you know it to me it it, it hit me so hard because there's so many people right now in the white evangelical community that are crying like we're being persecuted and i'm like no you have no idea what that word means trust me you have no idea i have no idea what that word means and i'm an yeah. adventist and i have no idea what that word means because i've well, never been i've never faced actual persecution for my faith and i've had to yeah. deal with sabbath issues but that wasn't persecution that was 
I didn't get to play football and I didn't get to, you know, I, I, I was removed from being a starter on the football that's, team. Yeah. That's not that's persecution. That's nothing. That's, that's an annoyance. Um, yeah, it's an inconvenience it Yeah, it's an inconvenience. It, it seemed important at the time because in high school, everything's dramatic. But to me, I think that's the most important thing. You realize this idea of so when someone comes at you from that, they're either an idiot or you said something. And either way, you can learn. Um, yeah. And you have to. And, and the trick is distinguishing between the two. You know, I have a friend that's very, you know, quick on the draw with, and I'm just like, dude, you got to, you got to calm down. Okay. Know where my heart is. I'm not going to, you know, and I, and I actively attempt, you know, sometimes you say dumb things, but you actively attempt to avoid saying dumb things and offensive things and hurtful things. Um, and, and there will always be some some person who will be offended by what we say. I mean, we we mentioned something here in an episode I remember a while back, and we got this long letter, um, you know, from somebody that, that that disagreed with our position, and they were so angry that we didn't have anyone who saw from his side on it, and blah blah blah, blah and all the stuff. And I'm like, hey, okay, like thank you for you know, thank you for writing, appreciate your feedback, but yeah, I'm not going to change anything. Like, relax. At the same time, it's like, okay, well. That's something to keep aware of. That you yeah. want to be able to, you want to be able to say, "All right, we you learned Which, something from that." So that on that be, note, that and, would be my response. Yeah. On that note, and on, if you're ever responding to an episode, please like in your message to us, say what episode you're responding to, because it can get really confusing, especially since I have three different podcasts. I just listened to your to your podcast. I'm like, I don't know which, and then I sound like I'm bragging. I don't know which one you listen to, so I have no idea what the frame of reference for the conversation we're having is. Um, or, or, or it's like, it's, oh, it's the one on yeah. this, and it's like, I, I need a, a number because I'm not. We've gone yeah. over that three times. And this is this is something. So what you've talked about is something that I actually brought up in the Zoom call when he asked, "What are you hoping to see out of this?" One of the things I shared was basically, as a white person, I'm wanting to know how we can genuinely be a part of this without it just being. Um, using black abundance to yeah. build our credibility, far, brand credibility. Yeah. And I, I brought that up because, and, and he agreed, he was like, I, yeah, that, that's a really good point. That's all he said. He didn't like answer that question or anything or, or that opinion. Um, but that was the thing with Relevant. They're this group that says, yeah, we do this. We, we value black people and black voices. But then when they, th- then what they did was they gave authority and agency to a black person in their organization they hired him on and said your vision your dream your plan and then the second he did something that went against the the ceo suddenly that agency was stripped of him while what let me be more specific the second that black managing editor decided to do something for black people that he had done for other cultures and other awareness issues, you know, other, other issues and, and, and awareness campaigns. Um, that was when his agency was stripped. And that's the point is like, it's not that relevant isn't pro black enough. It's that within their culture, they were doing things that were exactly. anti who exactly. they were, who, who they were trying yeah. to be. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that, and that to me was what, that was what ultimately I came to was like, Oh, it's not that it's not, a, you know, I don't have to throw myself in front of a tank at Tiananmen Square to support, you know what I mean, free speech in China, but I have I can't pretend without going out there and actually doing something that I have gone out there and done something. Yep. I I, I have Absolutely. to go and this is not okay. I don't need to go, you know, go to Hong Kong or whatever, but I need to get the word out. I need to to be actively doing something to try to make it better. It's not enough to just poo poo it in my own head and feel good and then get money from people because they think yeah they're a good person like you actually if you're going to present it you have to be truthful and honest and 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 have integrity about it especially because and this is the interesting thing this is all stuff that was behind doors like if this had been if if what was actually happening behind the curtain if you will had come out and 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 made itself known on the outside you know i mean these are people that have the roots on the cover and it, and and yeah. it's one of the like that's one of the first i remember they specifically brought that up and that's one of the first uh 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 uh, uh, uh i'm gonna say magazines but it's it's editions that i saw that they had the roots they interviewed the roots and i'm like okay like this is cool mm. and 
it was one of those things that attracted me to start reading it a little bit. And um, because they had that, it was rel- it actually was relevant. And I was like, oh, okay. And that was one of the articles that I think Rebecca uh, Marie Jo brought up, which is that they were like, well, we don't want scary black men on the cover or something like that. You know, something to that effect of this is why it isn't selling well. And I remember thinking, see, that's not what you were presenting. You acted as though you were 100% behind this and you thought this was awesome and you wanted to support it. When the reality is that you weren't doing that at all. And yeah. and it it's duplicitous. It's not okay. And that's that idea of invited but not welcome. You know, where come in, say what you need to say, and once we've gotten enough from you, okay, now go back into your corner. And it's like you know, that's that's not I. I've never felt so. I'm gonna I you know I'm gonna disagree with you a little bit here. I've never felt like that's what we have been about. But I totally would not want someone to feel that way. And so mm-hmm. if anyone that we have had has been, you know, has felt that way, or if our, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, minority listeners f- feel that way or female or, um, you know, anybody from any, any group feels like that, that's how, you know, please know that that's not what we wanted to do. And we want to not do that in the future. Um, but, but definitely like that's, that's the type of, it's, it's, the spirit was duplicitous mm-hmm. and that's the last big word I'm going to use because I think that split my brain. No, um, it, it feels duplicitous and it doesn't feel transparent and it feels like a lie. And especially when it comes to money, um, I mean, it should say it should be, especially when it comes to Christianity, but Christians make mistakes all the time. That's part of the Christian journey. But when you make money off of that, that to me is the where it really comes to a head. Yeah. Um well and and one thing I do want to clarify, I spend more way more money on this podcast than I make oh, yeah. on a monthly basis. Oh yes. Just so we're clear. Tony helped me this month cuz I'm about to like I need to come up with money to rent a house next month and like put enough down. Um I uh I spent well, this a, is a and, labor and, of like love. that wasn't yeah. that wasn't enough. That we're not, like yeah. it, it was enough as far as what he helped with for me now but what i'm saying is what he helped me with which was two hundred dollars was not enough for what i pay monthly to run this show yeah and um so when i say i've made money from these topics or whatever really what it is is i'm trying to continue i'm trying to make this yeah well i'm trying to make this a stream of income that can allow me to keep doing it that's really what this is it's not like i'm trying to get rich off of podcasting not really a thing uh for for normal people um, but I am trying to do so, do some, do this in a way that allows me to still be able to take the time to do this. That isn't so disruptive to the rest of my life that I can't keep doing, can't keep living my life. But one thing I will say, and this is kind of my, my last thoughts on this, um, this whole thing is the, the other thing that I get as far as, you know, you're being racist or whatever is that, you know, I don't speak out enough on some things. And I, I think that part of the problem is you can't be equally passionate about all things. And I think sometimes we confuse someone's like lack of ability or lack of passion for for the thing that we are passionate about as hatred towards it or as a lack of support. And that's not the case. Look, if you make fun of my dead dad, I'm going to be way more offended and bothered than if you make a, a statement that is that is slightly racist to a group of people that I don't belong to. It's not that I still don't think what you said is racist and I'm not bothered by it. But this thing, this other thing, my, my dad, is something that's much more personal to me. And that's the thing. We're always going to be more passionate about the things that are personal to us. And, that, and, and that's a we in general. Like, that's humanity in general, not just Tony and me. And I think that that's something that's important to remember. But we balance that with the idea that if it's something we think is important, then we do need to remember to speak up. And even if we can't give it the same energy that we would give the thing that we're the most passionate about that's personal to us, it doesn't mean that we just don't do anything at all. Um, and so we do need to speak up and use what we can and do what we can in these, in these arenas and show support for the people that are hurting. Um, I think that's huge. It was really easy for everyone to get on board the ice bucket challenge. And with a lot of these things that kind of come and go in social media, right? A week from now, no one's going to be talking about this relevant. I just scrolled through their Twitter feed. You have to scroll forever to find their statement in response to this, which by the way, all the links are going to be in the show notes, right? 
it's going to get buried and and sort of forgotten. It's just going to be, hey, remember that time when? Um, but right now people are hurting and we can live in that space with them and hurt alongside them and let them know they are loved. And the one thing that I want to do is not just invite these people into the spaces that I occupy, but I want to welcome them. And so to anyone who's listened to this show and hasn't felt welcomed or like you're a part of this or like you matter, I apologize. Um, and I, my, my intent, my goal, and, and I'm going to listen to any suggestions you have. And I know that it's like pulling teeth to get people to respond to podcast episodes. <laughs> but um, if, if you see any of this and, and, and can help us, um, I'm open and Tony is open to listening and figuring this out so we can do better because it's always about being better. I want episode 108 to be better than 107. I want episode 109 to be better than the 108 episodes before it. I want to keep getting better at doing this and, and advocating for the things that are important and trying to navigate the issues that need to be navigated. So with that, thank you guys so much for listening, um, for being a part of this journey with us. Um, we're not perfect. We never said, well, actually, that's not a lie. I have joked many times that I'm perfect on this show, but we've never said, I've never said like, I'm perfect. Correct. You've never said that you're perfect. And I've never meant a hundred percent that I'm perfect. I've only joked about it. 99.87%. Um, it's yeah, clearly well, point, not a hundred. The, the point one three is the big, f- that's, 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 that's the, the fatal. Big, that's what that's you need to really Achilles focus heel. on. That's, that's the Achilles it's really heel. It. And I don't want to say that that makes me despise you a little bit, that point zero zero three percent but <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's there. responsible for a hundred percent of the despise. We've, we've, yeah. The, 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 we've the, got the, a the hatred I mean, that you there. have towards me. I can't pretend yeah. it's not there. <laughs> Hey, thank you guys for listening. Um, thank you for being a part of this journey with us. And uh, all the links are in the show notes. Our contact info is in the show notes. Hit us up on Twitter, email, whatever. Um, thank you guys. We'll see you next time. Today's episode of Absurdity is sponsored by The Haystack. The Haystack is a voice for young adults in the Seventh-day Adventist Church that produces articles, music reviews, videos, and more. To check them out, go to www.thehaystack.org. The Haystack. Life. Culture. Theology.